carry on talking. I don't mind. What time are you doing yours? Fuck. Oh, after... Oh, no, I'm doing mornings. I'm tomorrow morning. I've said to them, it's the only time the bags have subsided. I said, so I think I'm 20 to 9 or something like that. Hair and makeup. So, obviously, they're, they're providing hair for both of us. Can't <laughs> wait for that one. <laughs> Take it in the back. <laughs> yes. Actually, it'd be so funny if you turned up with hair and said, by the way, I'm wearing this. <laughs> Dare you. Dare you. Talking about the photos we're <laughs> having done, because um, tomorrow is photo day. Well, Anthony's obviously Wednesday. See, I'm, I'm tomorrow morning. I think I'm... For, well, there'll be some people today that I can't do today, because I'm doing Jamie Cullum today, which I'm very much looking forward to. And, because uh, I think we're actually roughly... We've both got the same looks, actually, I think. There's a, there's a lot of similarity. If you look at a picture of Jamie Cullum, and you look at a picture of Steve Allen, we're very similar. Very similar. You know, both about the same height, same amount of hair. I do look younger, it has to be said. Because I think a lot of his uh, pictures are actually touched up. I mean, I, I don't want to say that and speak out of turn. So then tomorrow morning, I shall have my picture taken. I said, can you bring various outfits with you? I thought, I'm not Naomi Campbell. I can't travel with things because I've got to bring them in, then take them home. And so all I'm going to do, I'm going to wear something in the morning, quite clearly. I'm not going to turn up in vest and pants, am I? And then I thought, so I'll, I'll have that for one of the outfits. And then I've just reread it again. Don't wear a white shirt because we're being shot on a white background. So I'm thinking, oh, crikey. So I, I shall bring a, a jacket in and probably a, a dark shirt. Then they said, don't wear black. So I quite like black as well. I'm a, bit, I'm a bit limited on that, but I do have different things. And then I've got a V-neck cashmere uh, thing. To, well, it's not ca- it's cashmere which isn't the same, actually. It was only 12 quid. It was cheap in M&S, but they do them in nice, bright colours. So I've got that. And then a blue jacket. So I'm telling you now what I'm wearing. There's no point in sort of beating around the bush unless they're going to airbrush me and make, make me different colours, which is good. Uh, Bob the Osteopath, Sunbury chapter. He says, uh, a great fan, live in the local area, Sunbury. That's what you think. Uh, I just wanted to tell you, he said, and your listeners, and following on from the psychic mystics to the stars, that I am the osteopath to Frank Sinatra, Betty Davis, Gloria Swanson, Charlie Chaplin, because they all visit my clinic once a week. Because you remember, we were, we were exposing the other day all these fraudulent people who go out there and take money off people. And under the guise of, oh, I'm in contact with the other side. Oh, hang on, I've got, wait, 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 hold it, hold it. Seven minutes past five, I've got a message coming through. God, never, it's Michael Jackson, I can't believe it. And he's saying, keep up the good work, Steve. Thanks for all your support. They are, that's good, isn't it? Now, the trouble is, there'll be many of you going, you just made that up. You can't prove it. And that's why psychics survive. Because there's always going to be somebody, it's like the people who want to believe in crop circles, all the barmies, I call them. People who want to believe in little green men from outer space. Why? Because we don't know what's out there. Yes, we do, we've been to the moon and back. We've seen nothing. It's always to two old biddies in Arkansas, isn't it? They never land in Trafalgar Square, these people. They never walk in here or dematerialise in the studio. God knows, we've been asking for years. That's why, for the old crook Doris Stokes, it was easy to sit there in a hall full of 2,000 people and just come up with a name. You can guarantee... There'll be some... If you go, Fred, there'll be somebody listening now who'll go, Fred, that was my, my late husband. And I go, he's part... I'm getting a message from Fred. And he says, listen, you're doing really well and he approves of the new relationship. Now, to somebody somewhere, that will mean something. Wait a minute, I've just had something else. Seven of spades. Who thought of the seven of spades out there? You see, all of this, we did this one night. We set up a fake medium on LBC, and we filmed it for a TV programme to prove how easy it was to do. And we took a guy who's a magician, and he pretended to be a psychic. We didn't say he was a magician, and he did a drawing, and people phoned up, and it's amazing how many people did the same drawing. He said, right, I'm I'm doing my, my drawing now, and most people draw a house, Okay, At some point, they'll either draw a house or a pyramid or a ship. And the reason being is most of you can't draw for toffee. So you draw something easy, a box, you put windows in, little picket fence. 
or a bridge. But nine out of ten times, it's a house. It's amazing. The other thing that we, we tried, which was dead easy to do, was, listen, if you've got something that's broken, not, not legs, we were thinking, mainly of electrical stuff, uh, bring it to the radio, and he will make it work again. And if it works, give us a ring. The switchboard lit up like the proverbial Christmas tree. And people were phoning up going, listen, I had this watch for years, it's never worked, now it's working. So it's that easy to fool people. So when you go onto YouTube and you type, type in bent, cy- uh, bent cyclists, bent psychics, psychics, and most of them tend to be a little bit on the whoopsie side, it has to be said, there's hardly a straight man out there. For some reason, I don't know, the puffy boys love doing it. Oh, I'm getting a message from the other side. Oh, I can't believe it. You know, and there's a lot of that out there. We used to have one on LBC, Christian Dion. Had to disappear to America before the bankruptcy court chased him because he didn't even foresee his own bankruptcy arriving. And that was all a bit embarrassing. For, but people want to believe in it, don't they? And Doris Stokes, as I say, was the biggest fraud of them all. But, but she worked out quite early on in the career that the more people you've got in a hall, you've only got to come up with six or seven names. And that fills it. And people say, oh, I, I didn't get a, a message through tonight. No, you weren't likely to. They were either the setups that she planted in there uh, or it was just cold reading. So simple to do. So si- People do it all the time. People do it all the time. Yuri Geller, you sit down and watch Yuri Geller very carefully. And Yuri used to say, power of the mind, power of the mind, bending a spoon. It was never, ever proven. But, of course, the jury never bothered to go out on it because people wanted to believe that with the power of the mind, you could actually bend a spoon, which is a pile of old rubbish. You cannot bend a spoon with the power of the mind. So every time Yuri got caught out by magicians, and he got caught out on LBC by Adrian Love, they actually brought him in. And Yuri's answer was... Somebody's a bit negative. Somebody's giving me negative thoughts, and that's why it's not working. It was, it was fantastic to watch. But we always used to, I mean, I, 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 don't, I can't give anything away, quite clearly. But there were loads of ways that people used to bend spoons. You watch magicians doing it now. The difference is magicians will tell you it's a trick, whereas Yuri Geller claimed it was the power of the mind. My simple argument was, if it's the power of the mind, put that spoon on the table, go on, bend it now. It'll not move. It'll not move one centimetre. It's like uh, people who read tarot cards. Oh, let's have a look now. Oh, that one and that Oh, that's interesting. They always say, you watch, any tarot reader will say the same thing. They're, they're on the third card, they'll always go, that's interesting. And that keeps you listening a bit longer. And yet you shuffle the cards back in the deck, deal them out again, it'll be completely different cards every single time. Do it yourself at home with any pack of cards. If you want to prove that it's a load of old bunkum, take a pack of cards. All right, take, take, take ten cards. Shuffle them. Deal them out. OK, face up. Pick them up. Shuffle them again. Deal it. Different every time. Every single time they'll be different. And that's why it's a load of old hooey. But people love believing in it. You know, people like, like believing in it. Or you can read tea leaves. You know, and stuff like that. Well, it's a load of old baloney. It really is. I mean, it's very sweet. You know, I, I did, did get an email in from some poor, poor, deluded creature who quite clearly used to live with his mother. I can tell by this because this person claimed that they went to see Doris Stokes. And I thought, well, fool and his money soon parted. And apparently you could tell she was genuine. She was a crook. She was a crook. She told people what... But this way, guaranteed, if you go to a psychic show, if a man, Amanda and I wouldn't go, the reason we wouldn't go is not because we don't believe in it, it's because there's nothing the matter with us. You only go to a psychic show if you can't sort out your own life. Or if somebody's passed on, 
Or, if you're going for a job, or your love life has collapsed, or your marriage, or whatever it happens to be, that's the only reason you go and talk to a perfect stranger who sits there and goes, oh, I know, lovely, oh, I know, I'm getting him, he's coming through now, he's coming through now, he said, you know, just give me 50 quid, that'll do, I can't put that in there. That's what it, people hear, what they want to hear, but you only get, you can guarantee, if it's an elderly person, you can say to, you've had trouble with your legs. I've, every elderly person has had trouble with their legs. You know, or, you know, there's something... Because you, if, it, if it's a young person, it's either going to be a relationship or exams or a career. So it's so simple to do. And you can fool people left, right and... So- I mean, I do it all the time. I look at somebody, I go, somebody's going to pass over in your life. And they go, how do you know? I go, I don't know, I've just, just got a feeling. Blow me down, two weeks later, you know, next door neighbour will drop dead. It's unbelievable, it's a gift from God. Thank you so much indeed. I rest my case. Uh, Errol in Ealing went to see Arturo Brichetti on my recommendation. Unfortunately, he bought the tickets on lastminute.com the day before, then realised at 5pm on the day I bought matinee tickets. So I wasted 20 quid. Didn't help, but I still went along to the Garrett, got myself a £10 stalls ticket. Amazing stuff. Still can't believe he's only 52. Looks fantastic for it. He looks 20 years younger. He says, loving the show of yours despite the grey sky out there. This was yesterday. It was a miserable blooming day. Wasn't it horrible? From the time we woke up in the morning, all I kept thinking was, you know, farmers. How do farmers cope when it's a grey, miserable day? Answer, you put on your wellies and you put on your coat and you go out there. And I was watching the farming programme on the BBC where the bloke's been out. This guy, Adam, who's ginger. I love ginger. Ginger's such a cool colour. And uh, and he's, he's bought some... He's bought a ram, looked exhausted before the poor thing started, and I think 15 or 16 of these uh, sheep which were endangered. And he paid 1,800 quid, 300 for the ram. Seems very cheap for all that servicing, doesn't it? And uh, and the rest of it on the sheep. And I thought, I was looking at it thinking, what a great life. I'd like to be a farmer. I could do that. And then I thought... I'm not actually sure I could I could do the birthing thing. I'm not really sure I want to get all the messy... I'd have to get people in, because I'd have to put, put my gloves on, and something like that. And also, I'm not going out if it's raining, and if it's a little bit cold, or, or if it's just any sort of day. I don't really want to go out. In fact, I'd rather, I'd rather stay in, I'm afraid. So, so perhaps not the... I could be a farmer's wife. I could sit there, I could have a big farmhouse kitchen, and I could make bread... And say, "Wow, that's nice, isn't it? Bring the lamb in, because that's what that's how farmers' wives are like. They all talk like that. They've all got big, sort of ruddy cheeks, and uh, and grey, wispy hair. Sounds delightful, doesn't it? Really, sounds delightful." Um, uh, 84850-stevenlbc.co.uk. A friend of mine has just texted me to say that Doris Stokes did a good job on me about my mum, like an idiot, live on air. She was she was a good cold reader. She cold-read people. I'm, I'm cold-reading now. I'm getting a message through from the producer saying, if you don't move on and go to the news, we're all in big trouble. So that's what I'm going to do. These are the headlines. There are predictions of mass resignations from the Drugs Advisory Panel in protest at the sacking of its chairman. A 57-year-old British tourist has been killed by a landslide in Tenerife. It happened at a beach at Playa de los Gigantes. The British Airways cabin crew are holding a mass meeting later, which could lead to strikes over Christmas. They're angry about changes to their contracts, as well as a planned pay freeze and job cuts. <laughs> Coming to the real world. Right, let's have a check on these states. Oh, here he is now. Hello, Hugh. Hello, Steve. Hello. You have a nice weekend? Yeah, it's very good, thank you very much. Good. Yeah, fine. I, th- I think about you all the time, actually. That's absolutely <laughs> wonderful. I'm, I'm thrilled, as you can tell. Um, if not a little bit worried. <laughs> not at all. Uh, right, uh, roads fairly steady at the moment, actually. Not much to tell you about, which is great. Uh, just to repeat. 
Morning, everyone. I love the idea that British Airways cabin crew can hold this mass meeting, which could lead to strikes over Christmas. That'll screw up everybody's Christmas. You know, angry about changes to contracts. Well, I mean, you know, come on. As well as a planned pay freeze. Hello? I thought we were in a recession. Planned? What do you mean a planned pay freeze? We've been a planned pay freeze for ages. Nobody's complaining about it. You don't find me coming in going, well, that's it. I'm not working today. It's ridiculous. Be grateful. For, for, do you know, I tell you, if I was running a company, I'd have none of this messing about with stupid unions. Okay, so I tell you what, why don't you all just bugger off now? We'll bring somebody else in who wants to do the job. You know, there's loads of people who... Uh, 30,000 applied to go and work for the post office. Now the post office had to go to court to try and get an injunction to stop these people taking jobs. If you don't want to do it? Get somebody else in. I'm sorry. I mean, it's like, you know, 20 years ago. We're going backwards. We're not going forwards. You'd think people would want to pull together in a recession. I'm not saying everybody, you know, I know some people get exploited. But, you know, I don't think you're exploited if you work for British Airways. It's quite cushy. You get concessions on your flights. You've only got to stand there and go, that's two of you checking into the flight to Tenerife. Okay, first class or baggage? Okay. Okay, what would you like? Well, that comes with a meal on that flight, you know. Not difficult, is it? And you put on a nice, smart uniform. God, dear me. I mean, I know because I live with loads of, um, not loads of, but there's quite a number of people where I live who work for British Airways. And, um, and they've got their little trolley on wheels, and they've got their smart uniforms, and they go off and they fly to places abroad, and then they come back. It's just like being a shop assistant for about three hours. It's, it's exactly. I mean, you know, I mean, some of the places, they really work you hard. But on this one, you know, British Airways, God, blind, like peanuts, okay. I'll put that up there for you. Save that in the overhead office, the overhead locker thing. Dawn says, it was great to see Bon Jovi on The X Factor last night. I may be pushing my luck here, but they're doing a secret gig in London this Thursday. I've entered to try and win tickets. You'll win. <laughs> she wins everything. And, um, strangely enough, on Steve Hargrave's biography on the Sky News website, it says how his proudest moment so far includes playing a ukulele version of Living on a Prayer to a gobsmacked Bon Jovi. How cool is that? Living on a Prayer is one of my favourite songs ever. I'd love to hear Steve's version of it on the ukulele. I've heard him play guitar, keyboards and mouth organ, but not the ukulele. There's no end to the stuff he can do now, I tell you. He's quite a, quite a clever boy. Um, Johnny says, Piers Mogadon, ask uh, a list for guests. You want Obama? You get David Lammy. You want Oprah? You get Trisha. You want Rupert Murdoch? You get Kelvin McKenzie. You want Mad Donna? You get Cheryl Cole. You want David Letterman? You get Jonathan Ross. And so it goes on, you know. Uh, you know, you want Howard Stern or Jeremy Paxman? You get James O'Brien. You want the Spice Girls? You get Jerry Halliwell. He says, keep trying, because you're trying the British public. You know, he, he never gets anybody he wants. You know, he wants Kylie Minogue, and Kylie's going, I don't think so, sweet pea. And so who does he get? Danny Minogue. You know, so, I mean, so far, it's all the drearies. Oh, 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 hot news. Hot news. Not going to like this one. Do you remember that ghastly series that came out that really got us all up in arms because it had Peaches Geld off? There's another series being commissioned. Only this time, it's three men. Or three three young people. They're, they're certainly male, that's all I know. And that has been commissioned, and they'll be coming out. And I'm trying to find out who the, who the three are. So they're following three men this time round. You can imagine. Get, oh, please, God, it's not Peter Andre. Please, God. Because I, I noticed poor old Kikati Price went out to the 
Halloween ball at Hampton Court the other night and took her poor little drippy boyfriend dressed up in women's clothing again with makeup. How to look like a complete turkey in the shop. Small wonder Katie did her usual trick, got drunk and was abusive to people. A vile old bag at the best of times. I mean, darling, you're just looking as though you should be standing on the Reaper barn charging for it because you're looking a bit desperate at the moment. Mind you, he's looking even more desperate. A cage fighter. Have you ever seen a cage fighter who puts makeup and lipstick on? I mean, you've got to laugh at him. She made him wear a little tiny top hat on his head. It was a little tiny children's one. And he had this makeup on and like a fishnet thing and just a pair of Speedos. It looked like the last turkey in the shop at Christmas. It really was sad and tragic. And of course he looked unhappy. Of course you would, dear. You look stupid. And then Katie writes, I don't think she writes, actually, if I'm convinced she doesn't write, on her, her Twitter, stop picking on me. No, so I don't, I don't mind you picking on me, but leave my kids alone and my horses and Pete. I think you're getting it wrong, sweet pea. Nobody's picking on Pete. It's you they hate. It's you they hate. Simple as that. Simple as that. I like to be caring and sharing in this business. You know, there's no point in just picking, picking on somebody just because they're dreary and boring. Otherwise, I'd be pretty angry with the X Factor for getting rid of Rachel, as opposed to that silly little Welsh boy. And stupid John and whatever is Bre- John and Edward, who are on the front pages of the papers again. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, they've already worked out the album, and I bet they'll be in the recording studio before Christmas. They'll have that album out, and they'll be doing it the rounds. Unfortunately, I watched their audition on the internet the other day. God, they're boring. They are a pair of twerps. They really are. Seventeen, but with a mental age of a five-year-old, I think. In fact, I've, I've seen better conversations. Lindsay says, I've never liked Halloween to American. However, our street at the bottom of Muswell Hill is probably the trick-and-treat centre of the world. So I've decided if you can't beat them, join them. And we decorate the house. We had 150 kids knocking at the door. It was mainly groups of cute kids in costume with their mums and dads. We didn't have any troublemakers at all. Lovely atmosphere. Strangely enough, Lindsay, I heard that from somebody else who said that they did get sweets, put them by the door, and a lot of little children came around with their mums and dads, uh, or their their mums or their dads or both. And I think that's okay. It's when you get the marauders coming round, and you know they're from the wrong side of town. Uh, but uh, Ali Pally fireworks next week. You wouldn't wouldn't do it round my way. As I say, I actually electrified the front door. I thought anybody pushes the buzzer on my place. Ah! Fantastic. I don't mess around with this. Now, trick or treat? Well, I think I've kind of got you already. Um, Peter Andre was good as a presenter. I think you're the only one, uh, I'm afraid, who says that. I don't know who it is, actually. Uh, Pitifully awful was one comment from one of the critics. Uh, Another one saying, don't ever let him near the television ever again. Also, he just looks a little bit too puffy. He looks a bit coiffured. You know, it's too much makeup. It's the eyeliner. It's the hair. It just not not as butch as you want him to be, really. And also, he's he's still doing this rather sad flirting with his co-host. It's a bit. It looks a bit sad and desperate, I'm afraid. So uh, there you go. Not good. Um, Steve, uh, Cheryl. Oh, Cheryl Cole's album did well, didn't it? I know. I feel sorry for the people buying it because, frankly, again, panned by all the critics. That what they said was three words: "Don't waste your money." Well, that's, don't waste, you know, four words. I don't know why they said it was three words to start with, but they did. Uh, have you seen the brightness of the full moon this morning, says Barbara? I've got better things to do than stare up into the sky. But it's very lovely, apparently. Even the producer says it's very lovely. Um, another one here. You always put singers down for miming. Did you see the Bee Gees on Strictly? So out of sync, says Oliver. No, no, no. They were singing live. They were absolutely singing live. I know, because I've got friends on the show. They sang live. No miming at all. No miming. 
Uh, Doris Stokes would turn in her grave if you knew you, how you speak of her, says Jake. Yeah, well, she can't, can she? Because she's dead. He said, one of the best mediums with great powers, not a crook. Yes, she is. She was an old fraud, I'm afraid. She ripped people off throughout the entire career. Entire career. As I say, it was so strange, wasn't it? You've never found anybody who's come back and gone, oh, yeah, she really did a lot of good. Apart from a few balmies who dribble, who sort of go, oh, yeah, Doris, she was fab, wasn't she? I love people like that. Actually, it always makes me laugh. I love people who go to mediums. You know, if it makes you happy, fine. Uh, eight for eight five oh. Uh, one here. BA star Steve, uniforms, trolleys on wheels, fixed, expre- fixed expressions. What more do you need? What more proof? Aliens. Aliens. <laughs> uh, Steve, nice to hear your show again. After spending last week in the Lake District on the way home, we decided to stop for two hours in Blackpool to see the lights. After one hour, we were back in the car while the wheels were still on it. I agree. I'm telling you, you don't, you don't want to leave the car in Blackpool. It is full of the pond life of the world. I thought Staines was bad enough. By God, I tell you, Blackpool takes the biscuit. It really does. Uh, Dawn says, because we were, we were saying the other day, after we did Suggs on In Conversation, and we were saying it's a band that makes you smile. When you see them, you know, the nutty, nutty sound, they were funny. And then somebody emailed in and said, why don't bands make you smile? And so Dawn has said, well, there are the fancy toys. Fancy toys apparently make her smile. And there's a YouTube video called Gypsy Eyes. She's going to one of their gigs very shortly. So if you search for the fancy toys Gypsy Eyes, she says that'll put a smile on your face. Unlike some of these old crooked mediums who were on there. I tell you, you can, you can entertain yourself for a good, hmm, I don't know, 35 seconds, I should imagine, watching these people and the bewildered sitting in the audience. Oh, right, he's really talking to my Uncle Frank, the other side. Amazing, isn't it? Actually, if proof were needed, we're not allowed to do it on radio. and never have been for years and years because the uh, radio authority said this is an entertainment. It's sold as an entertainment. You are not allowed to claim that you can contact the other side because you can't, because they're dead, OK? I hate to ruin it for everybody, but frankly, there's no, there's no conversation between the dead and some old biddy sitting on a stage in Croydon, I'm afraid. It just doesn't happen. It's a nice thought, you know, that people do communicate through some wizened old crooked bag, but sadly, it doesn't happen. LBC 97.3 Morning, everybody. 28 minutes to six. It's LBC 97.3. Thank you for increasing the audience. If you're a new member of the team, and you're probably going, I can't believe somebody's this chirpy at five o'clock in the morning. I wish he'd shut up. But uh, at least it keeps you listening. So that's good news, isn't it? And everything is, it's all, it's all an opinion. You can uh, contribute as well. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk, a rather unkind, bitter person. Says, I believe Steve tipped Rachel to win the X Factor. She was evicted last night. Yes, OK. Nothing worse than being bitter and twisted at this time of the morning. She was robbed, quite clearly. I mean, anybody who keeps in that drip from Wales with the silly highlights, 16 and tattoos, and I want to know the name of the tattoo parlour who tattooed him in the first place. There's a prosecution pending. Um, and kept in those stupid twins as well over Rachel, a girl who had the looks, the stamina and the voice... As far as I'm concerned. So what does that bring us down to? Not that dreary Ollie. What a funny little hairstyle he's got. I mean, nothing worse, Ollie, than if you're losing your hair. And God knows you're losing your hair, matey. I mean, you're receding so far back, it's almost like you put on one of those bald wigs. And then it's sort of combed carefully. It just looks odd. It looked as odd as Ronan Keating's hair the other day on Sky News. I sat here in disbelief thinking, it looks like somebody's drawn a pencil line and then they've made the hair fit the pencil line. Looks very peculiar. Trouble is, blonde people lose it. You know, they lose hair very early. So don't, girls, if you want somebody who's going to hang on to their hair, go for somebody who's got dark hair. Brown hair, black hair, any colour but blonde. Blonde is kind of pretty when you're young. 
but you had, red you could you could hang on to a lot of people with and a lot of bald red people as well but i mean a lot of no red people hang on to it more but blonde hair is weaker hair and especially if you've added any color like poor little lloyd you know and then uh, stacy and to be honest with you i mean every time i look at stacy solomon i keep that that same same thing comes back to me each time how the hell did she ever get pregnant because she cannot hold a conversation so she stands there looking reasonably attractive if, you, if you're not that fussy on a friday night and it's there and then somebody comes out and goes hello who are you and, go, ah! and you think you're not gonna take her home you're really i mean what are you gonna do with her i really don't know she's not got a great voice but they got rid of rachel so of course i'm a bit bitter and uh, if not a bit saddened by the whole thing it doesn't matter uh eight for eight five oh steve at lbc.co.uk uh, I don't go for the psychic thing, says Jay, but what do you make of the fact the police have on occasions asked for advice? No, they haven't. They haven't. They never ask for advice from psychics. Psychics go to them. That's how they get their publicity. The police never go to psychics. The psychic will go. That's why you read about it in the paper. They say, oh, so-and-so helped the police out with this case. It's them trying to get, uh, trying to get coverage. 84850, uh, Another one here. Oh, weather forecast for today. Dry, good sunny spells, broken cloud, gusty winds later, keeping it cool. Currently 7 centigrade, it'll be 30. Yesterday was terrible. Wasn't yesterday, what a miserable day. The whole of the programme, we sat here and all we got was people going, oh, don't like this. Stay in, stay in, much nicer. So people stayed in and we were right. It was much nicer, which is good. Um, Steve, says George, the lady who said the moon was lovely is right. It's incredibly bright and beautiful. Good. It's not going to change your life, is it? Um, was it you who got a memory foam mattress? If so, what are they like? Well, it was quite good. It, it remembered what I had for breakfast the first day. The second day, it remembered what I ate for lunch. And on the third day, it could do my drinks. <laughs> How cool is that? You don't want to mess around with memory foam mattresses, do you? Rachel was voted off, says Patricia. Kel surprise. Simon loved Daniel, the cocky one. I don't like him. I, I don't like any of them. Half of them can't sing. And as for that thing with the afro, God, blimey. As for the two boys pretending, how to massacre a Queen song. How to, and then Ollie, that drip from Essex with the silly haircut. And they go, he's a sex symbol. I suppose it's those girls standing outside the house, I suppose. Uh, also, I think Simon thinks he's filled the quota of black female winners with Leona and Alexandra. Well, he could have done another one, because they're not going to do as well. Not going to do as well. Unless, it, unless it's that desperately awful this year that those stupid twins are going to win it. I mean, that, I mean, there is that remote possibility, because there's enough barmies in this country who want to waste money. Trish says, after listening to your In Conversazione with Des O'Connor, we booked tickets to see him, went last night to Hornchurch. You were right. He was fantastic. Funny, great showman. And I listen to you every morning from five to seven when I'm delivering papers around London. So there you go. Isn't he good? Isn't he a sweetie? We love Des O'Connor. We love Des O'Connor. I'm hoping that I'm going to light like uh, Jamie Cullum today. As I say, we've got so much in common. We both play, play the piano, both going out with tall, leggy blondes. His, of course, is a woman. And, uh, and what else? He's, um, he's, well, he's, I think he's as good-looking as me. I think I've actually hold, held on to my looks a little bit more. And we're both 26. How cool is that? <laughs> um, and Warren says, just remember, babe, smile. If somebody isn't, give them one of yours. Isn't that a nice thought? It's what drugs do for you, ladies and gentlemen. You know, hello, here's a smile for you. I'm not using it at the moment. You have it. <laughs> Noreen says, uproar about the X Factor, I understand. Do you think the right one went? I don't. Because it's, it's turned into a farce 
Ollie can't sing for toffee. He's very average pub karaoke. I love the, the comment that, uh, that Lulu Walsh made. You know, they openly call him Lulu now. It's a little bit of a camp name, isn't it, for a man of that age? But there you go. And, and, and he said about so-and-so, one of, um, one of Simon's acts, he said, he's a pub singer. So Simon said, when was the last time you were in a pub? <laughs> it's quite true, actually. When was the last time Lulu Walsh was in a pub? Answer, years ago, I should imagine. Years ago. But uh, he's just coming up with the same things. All He needs to change his routine. And Cheryl Love, if you're listening, and I know you do listen, I know because I've, I've heard from people that uh, you are prone to, to tipping in and having a quick listen and then getting a bit worried because we've mentioned you and tipping out again. Don't wear dresses like that one on Saturday, OK? It was very silly. It was wholly inappropriate. I know that you're trying to sort of make a fashion statement, but to be honest with you, the programme's not about you. It's about the people singing, OK? So she was wearing this... It's a new designer... So he's managed to get his publicity. Frankly, it was the worst creation I've ever seen. I mean, at one point, she quite clearly wasn't wearing a bra underneath it. So when she leant forward, one of them fell out into Simon's lap. Uh, and he said, uh, can you just sit up a little bit? You know, he did. He said that to her. Can you sit up a bit? Uh, because it, it was just a silly dress. Both you and Danny uh, are sort of spending too much time in hair and makeup. This is not your show. OK? It's about the people on the stage. Difficult to believe, I realise, but uh, it is. OK? We're getting a bit bored with some of these naff outfits you're wearing. Uh, so, Noreen, I don't think the right person went. I'd have, I'd, have, I'd have got rid of the twins. But there again, you see, they're the only ones getting coverage. And that's what the programme needs. It needs coverage. The, the worst scenario is that they might win. And thus it sends out a message to anybody particularly stupid and dim with no talent at all. Um, that it's OK because you can win programmes like this on, on the television. Bit worrying, isn't it? 84850, uk. Uh, Simon in uh, Stockport says here, the sleep patterns, by the time these clocks go back, the sleep patterns go absolutely haywire. Thanks for making the hour of 5am the sharpest and funniest of the day. It's only going to be that one, isn't it? And uh, Bryn and Annie will tell you about their dirty weekend later on. It was a dirty weekend in Brighton. Uh, the Sun this morning have got two people axed, two beefeaters suspended and a third under investigation over allegations they bullied the Tower of London's first woman, Yeoman Warder. Now, when I went to the Tower of London, she was the one who was taking us around. And very good she was too. I don't have a problem with anything like that. I just like the Tower of London. It does make a mockery, doesn't it? There's too many people bullying out there. And in something like that, I thought that she'd have been all right there because I thought they were all very much of a muchness, people who've served in the armed forces, and then they, uh, they make a decision. They want to be yeoman warders. I mean, to be honest with you, they probably get their, their picture taken more times in a day than I do in a year because it's, there's crowds in the Tower of London every day. They learn the, uh, the patter and they go around there and they're very proud of it. They're proud of their uniforms and everything else, and it's a great place to go to. Great place. Got a very good canteen there. Very good. Well done to Theo Walcott... Apparently he's a footballer. I've got no idea who he plays for. But he's bought Melanie Slade a 21st birthday present. And so what, what do you buy for Melanie Slade? Uh, bearing in mind, the last car he bought for her was a white VW Beetle. This time, he's bought a Ferrari for her. She's 21 years old and he's bought her a £140,000 Ferrari. It's a little bit desperate. She was scared of driving it at first, but she took it for a spin in London. Insurance experts say Theo would have to pay an annual premium of £20,000 plus for this car. Do you know footballers, they are thick, aren't they? You buy a 21-year-old a Ferrari. Oh, a Ferrari. Oh, I like that. It's nice, isn't it? But um, she's a, a physiotherapy student. They met in a shopping mall in Southampton in 2006. 
and uh, she has shunned the wag lifestyle. That's good, isn't it? But, I mean, frankly, from a Beetle to a Ferrari. I mean, how stupid. They're so desperate, these people, aren't they? You know, £35,000 a week minimum for some of these footballers. What do they do? Oh, I know. I think we'll buy a very flash car. £20,000 a year insurance. Really? That's what's so desperate. Um, it's getting hairy on stage. Apparently, the, the, the twins in the house... I keep calling it the Big Brother house, and it's not... And, oh, yeah, it's attractive, isn't it? And, um, not. And apparently the, the, the twins are stealing people's food in the house. So they've had to start marking it. These are my cornflakes, don't touch them. It's like if you share a house, if you're a student, students are known for sort of coming in drunk, they're just opening up the fridge. No, but they have food in the house and it's set aside for each person, but they're eating everybody else's because they are stupid. I mean, it's just, it's embarrassing, isn't it? X Factor, dreadful karaoke show for the easily pleased, says David. I couldn't disagree with you on that one at all. I like that idea of a butter dish used as an ashtray by Winston Churchill. It's going to be auctioned in Norfolk for around 1,500 quid. 1,500 pounds, good, isn't it? And here he is, a lottery man. He's a winner. And uh, he won, I think, one point something, 1.36 million. And he works in... McDonald's with his wife and uh, a bit of a hefty hideaway girl. And the good news is they're going to carry on working. What they've done is they, they've bought a house and uh, they, they've gone on, um, you know, sort of honeymoon again, which was very good. They, they only discovered the morning after when Emma checked her tickets. So they've bought a £23,000 Astra. Uh, they've got a dream wedding. They spent £25,000, which is nice, isn't it? And, uh, and they also kitted out an entire football team in cream and pink suits. Mm. Lovely. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? Oh, here he is. Pink, I know. Footballers. Cream and pink for football. I know. Listen, don't... Not up to me. That, that's what footballers want to wear. I mean, because, to be quite honest, footballers are a little bit dodgy, aren't they, most of them? I mean, we know. They all sit in the bath together, you know. I've seen pictures. I know what goes on. Doesn't frighten me anymore. Uh, Jordan in the paper today with poor old Alex... Looking more and more, as I say, like a, just a complete buffoon, I'm afraid. What a shame, Alex. She's dressing you up. And um, this was at Hampton Court. Mind you, you could tell how naff it was. Callum Best was there. I mean, what a, what a dreadful do it must be if they have to invite Callum Best, who apparently is only 28. Well, he can't be. He must be middle 30s by now. He's ancient and old has been. What does he do for a living? Poor soul. Never mind. Uh, Roman Abramovich... Denied blowing £28,000 on lunch. I don't care, actually. It's up to... If he's a billionaire, he can spend anything he likes. Anything he likes. I don't care. It doesn't make a difference to us. I don't know why people get so funny about what people spend on, on lunch or dinner or anything like that. People say, oh, look, and here's, you know, Prince Harry, and he spent £500 on a bottle of champagne. So? So? I see there's a former BBC boss facing 14 child porn charges, who's in the paper yesterday. This was after a big investigation into paedophilia, and uh, this man worked for the BBC on a lot of very high-profile programmes. You won't know who this person is, but uh, he's, uh, he's been up in court already, and the case has now been adjourned. But, I mean, it's frightening, isn't it? It, it, it can just be anywhere, from MPs to, to... I don't know why people think it's unusual. No, but um, that's why we haven't named him. So much safer, I think, that way. But um, it's interesting, isn't it? The way, every time you open up the papers, you think, oh, the so-and-so, so-and-so going on. And it'll be somebody you think, good Lord, well, if they do that job, why would they want to do that? And the answer is, you don't know that they did. Quarter to six. <laughs> News headlines this morning. 
I can tell you, I've lost my headlines, actually. Ever so sorry. There are predictions of mass resignations from the Drugs Advisory Panel in protest at the sacking of its chairman. A 57-year-old tourist has been killed by a landslide in Tenerife. And British Airways cabin crew are holding a mass meeting later, which could lead to strikes over Christmas. Let's have a check on the state of the roads. Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning. If you're heading on to the M25 in Surrey, there's a lane closed. Thank you very much indeed, James. Uh, Jamie Cullum says, Johnny, very talented. If you hear the soundtrack to Clint Eastwood's uh, film Gran Torino, Jamie does the soundtrack. I know. He's only young. He's only something like 26. Ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, Elton John in hospital. Expected to stay there. He will, he will make a recovery. Not to, uh, to worry about. He's got this E. coli bacterial infection and flu, so he's uh, postponed all his uh, concerts, including some with Billy Joel as well. All these people going out to Halloween things the other night. All a bit naff, I'm afraid, including the Toya, who looks as balmy as she did first time round. Um, should the twins get the boot? Yes, says Nicola Meth in the TV editor. They are truly awful. Uh, no, says Sue Carroll. She says, they've become my guilty secret. They can't sing and prance around in the manner of demented kids let loose in a sweet factory. I mean, perhaps really, Sue, if, if, you, if you're that confident that they've got, you know, that they're that good, why don't you just uh, leave the mirror and get them to do your column? Because, frankly, I don't know why the mirror would want to waste that much money when you can get two 17-year-olds or 18-year-olds now to probably do it for less than a fifth. You know, but, of course, no, people wouldn't do that, would they? They'd always go, oh, no, I can't do that. Off to the land of Nod is Dan after a real busy night. Not. <laughs> Miserable weather, isn't it, out there? Actually, I thought about you this morning. I sort of came outside and my, my driver this morning decided to rely on sat-nav, which I've said before is just not appropriate. So apart from the fact we sort of we do the wrong turning, then we do a second wrong turning. And I said, look, look, no, don't. He said, well, the tom-toms. I said, just ignore the tom-tom. It's straight down the 316. It's not complicated. It's a straight route, route into London. Uh, Phil says, has Doris Stokes contacted anybody from the other side? No, strange that, isn't it? Isn't that strange? Because she was an old fraud. That's why. There was no con- she couldn't contact anybody at all. 84850. Um, another one here. This is, uh, this is the, the new baby. This is a couple who just keep having children, and they keep taking them and putting them in care. I mean, they are Teresa Winters and Tony, T-O-N-E-Y. What a stupid spelling of Tony. Uh, we'll only have access to the child at supervised pre-arranged visits. Why don't we just sterilise them? Fourteen children in care. What a stupid woman. What a stupid, stupid woman. These people are just dim. They live on benefits. Big surprise there. Big surprise. They're on benefits and they're having children. It's because they're bored. See, that's the trouble. Take them off benefits and have to get out there and work or starve to death, which I wouldn't actually have a problem with at all, I'm afraid. Uh, other stories in the papers today. There's, um... Thieves are hunting thieves. Uh, sorry, police are hunting thieves who stole eighteen thousand pounds worth of live snakes. That's the dress. Isn't it the yeah. stupidest thing you've ever seen? That's and that's not- apparently an up-and-coming design. Look at this: boots and the hoop earrings. Back to her roots for <laughs> Cheryl, I think. <laughs> Merci. Yeah, it should go out in the charity shop. I'm afraid it just doesn't look right. Fancy dress for somebody or- the, the fashion director Amber Morales says, "Sorry, Cheryl, I'm no fan of your frock." I totally agree. It was just, just inappropriate. But that's the trouble. You pick up a new new designer, and they go, "Oh, this is, you must wear this." Fifteen hundred quid that dress is. She'd gone to Primark, could have got something an awful lot decent. Should have turned up in a paper bag. Uh, the Somali pirates, you know, holding that couple, the Chandlers. Finally, word word has filtered through to them 
that, uh, that th- th- this couple don't have any money. They asked for four and a half million. Well, originally it was seven million. Then they dropped it to four and a half million. And now, I believe, one of their relatives has been in contact with these Somali pirates. And what they do with their money, I've got no idea. And said, listen, they don't have any money. They'd sold everything up to buy this boat to sail around the world to live out a dream. They've got no money. You know, they've got little, little bit. So the Somali pirates, I mean, unless they're going to execute them, in which case, you know, don't waste your time hanging on to them, do it now. They might as well just release them. Because they've got no money. If you're going to go for somebody, why don't you go for Roman Abramovich or somebody like that? Somebody who's actually got money. Not, not a couple here. Mind you, they were stupid enough to sail into Somalian waters where these pirates operate. You know, and that's, that's the dangerous thing. You sort of, you, you hang around there. It's kind of like, I don't know, it's just, it's just stupid, isn't it? There's a machine now, apparently, that can smell fear. That can smell fear. It's, uh, it recognises a pheromone released by humans when scared. It could sniff out terrorists and other criminals. That's a good idea, isn't it? I quite like that idea. A machine that can do... We've got machines for everything now, haven't we? Got machine, uh, the machine that can smell out fear. I, was, I still like the one, and I, I want one installed here, which is the X-ray machine. So you walk through and you can see people naked. I like that idea. I'm, I'm very, uh, very, very much in favour of that idea. Can you imagine what a cool thing to have—a machine. You just walk around, you aim it at somebody, and you can see what they look like with no clothes on. My auntie Ian is listening. It's only joke, only joke, because she won't go out. She stopped wearing a bra now. I don't, you know, I'm not, not really good. Not really good look at all. Uh, did you see Piers Morgan and Danny, says Stephen, on the M25? And uh, I didn't, to be honest with you. I've heard every interview with Danny Minogue. I'm really not remotely interested. She's, she's the poor Kylie. But if you can't get Kylie, get, get Danny. It's a bit naff. Uh, Steve, I came in on Friday. I was in your building at about 1 to 2 p.m., but you were not there. James O'Brien had to take your place, so it wasn't too bad. Aha. Uh-huh. Now we know. See, stalked even from a distance. Even from a distance, which I don't mind. I love that every so often they, they put a picture in the paper, don't they, of, of a police car that's got a parking ticket. I don't know why they bother. What a st- it, you know the reason is, it stops them trying to come up with another story. So today, the Daily Mirror, I've got a policeman here, caught in Maidenhead, and a Royal Borough of Windsor spokesman said, police are just as culpable, if not on emergency duties. So they gave him a parking ticket. They must have some really dim traffic wardens around there, mustn't they? A parking ticket, and I've got to go through... I mean, do they pay it, or do they just they just write it off, I suppose? Probably write it off. Uh, here's uh, Clint Eastwood. Strange enough, Clint Eastwood, as we're going to be talking to Jamie Cullum later. Here's Clint Eastwood. 79, he is. 79. Don't seem possible. And um, he was being chatted up by two strip club workers. And, uh, my God, they're ancient. Uh, they were handing out cards outside a bar in uh, in London. Apparently, Clint is in London making a movie hereafter. Perhaps he doesn't realise what they are. One of them looks like she's got bad hair extensions. It's amazing, actually. I've told you before. You know when you go into... Well, you probably don't know, but... Uh, and I was only told this by Alan Dodgen, that when you go into these strip-type bars, the lighting is very dim. It's mainly so that the girls can work up until the age of 60. Uh, because some, you see them in the, out in the daylight, and you suddenly think... Getting on a bit, aren't you? I mean, what? Well, Alan, Alan went into a strip bar once to conduct some research. <laughs> Don't ask me why. He'll probably tell you more about it tomorrow. And uh, and he went out to conduct some research and sat with this girl. And he said, I, I, I don't actually want you to dance for me. I just like to chat. 
Imagine, can't you? They all say that, don't they? And she went, yeah, love, yeah. 20, 20 pounds, yeah, the wife doesn't understand me. I'm a bit lonely. She won't do what I want her to do, you know. Can you stand on your head? <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Junk food, apparently, is lis- li- uh, linked now to mental illness. That explains a lot, doesn't it? That explains a lot. And uh, the reason being that more people are shunning fruit and veg. I don't know why. It's really good for you. For, you know me and sprouts and fruit and stuff like that, which is very good. Apparently... If you shun fruit and veg in favour of fast food, you won't just get fat, but you'll end up feeling depressed. It can lead on to mental illness. Because the, uh, the, the gorging, mainly on fried food, processed meats, sweets, chocolate and fatty dairy products, increases the odds of you getting depression. So now you know. Because most people who are eating this fat food, they look depressed, don't they? Then they get fatter, and then they get more depressed. And then they, get more d- and then they go to the paper and go, I can't stop eating. And you go, are you depressed? No. Nah. Because you're eating this food, it's not good for you. It's cheap, chronically bad for you food. I've often laughed, you go into a burger place now, be it Burger King or whatever, and the the buns, they don't seem like bread rolls to me, they seem like something processed. It's, it's it, Because you sort of scrunch them down, I thought, that's not a proper bread roll, is it? If, you're gonna, if you do a burger at home, you go out, you buy some crusty rolls, and that tastes completely different to this processed rubbish that you're all eating. But obviously people like it. And I suppose when I was younger, I used to eat stuff like that. And occasionally now, very, very occasionally, I might eat something else. But I know how, how bad it is. Terribly, terribly bad. Daily Star this morning. Uh, the terrible twins, John and Edward, escaped the X Factor acts last night. I'm telling you, they're there all the way through to the end. It'll be them and somebody else. That's how, that's how the game works. Uh, Piers Morgan was mistaken for a sex tourist when he went on a trip to Shanghai. Yeah, right. He went to sign some autographs for a couple of girl fans and found they were offering him sex for £17. Morgan said they asked him, you American, you like take us back your room? £17 seems quite reasonable. So they thought he was American, so quite clearly they didn't know who he was at all. <laughs> they didn't know him. They were just only 200 yuan each. Very good price. I think that's very reasonable, £8.50, don't you? Goodness sake. Only really uh, in, in Shanghai... So they didn't know who he was at all. So, in other words, the trouble is he's got such an inflated ego. I can't, you know, he's really... He thinks he's big, big star, but in fact, he's just not... His, his interview programme is, is poor, I'm afraid. Um, Steve, either your cab was late this morning or you were doing a tour of the Riverside, says, uh, says Dan. He says, because I did pass through at 3.15. No, Steve, no car. Nice to see they've turned off the Christmas lights in the tree outside the kebab shop just in time to turn them on again. Yes, the 27th, I believe, the... Uh, the lights go on in Twicker. I think it's the same lights as last year, which is a shame, really. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Oh, Co, you're a little bit rude, aren't you? I think we have to put you into the special police box. I think so, because you're, you're obviously a little, bit, um, a little bit stupid, I'm afraid. But never mind, you can't help it. Have you seen Dreamgirls, the movie? Yes. Absolutely. It's brilliant. It's very, very good. And what are they showing on the television? Somebody said to me the other day, they were getting ready to show this film. I thought, God, they're showing so many old films. Very shortly, you'll have the, um, you'll have all the, uh, the Christmas schedules out. And the Christmas schedules will prove to you that it's so much better to listen to the radio than it is actually to, uh, to do anything else at all, I'm afraid. Because over, over Christmas, they're going to be having all these lame films, which you've seen a million times before. You'll probably have something with an Only Fools and Horses Christmas special. Probably JLS turning up in something. God knows why. I must be the most bored person. Last night's runners-up, JLS, who are backing Ollie to win, 
the 25-year-old told them backstage, I'm so envious of you guys, you're living the dream. Aston Merigold, who's the one who's slightly camper than the other ones, says he hoped Ollie would make it. He said, don't worry, you'll be doing this when you leave X Factor. What, lifting your shirt up? I do hope not. Poor old Aston, honestly. Living the dream, Aston, for about another... Give it six months, mate. And, uh, and that'll just about be it. And then it's back to children's television. Got to be very careful in this business. Uh, Steve, last week I bought a CD called Coming Home by the Soldiers, Serving Soldiers. Brilliant. They should have a guest spot on the X Factor. They've been around for ages. It's another one. We've had the priests, and now we've got the soldiers, and we have the little children, and we have everybody else. It's just, it's a bit naff. It's just designed to part you from your money. And don't forget, you've got the charity single coming out this year, which, uh, which Simon is doing. And I think all the X Factor people are going to be on it. Although, quite clearly, you can't let the twins sing on it because they don't sing. In fact, even when they were on the television the other night, I thought they part-mimed. There's nothing standard about you more than... Morning, team. Seven minutes past six. Nice to have your company. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Thank you for the increased audience. Very grateful. That guarantees another contract. I'm quite pleased with that idea. You always think about it. You always think every year as the audience figures come out, will they go up? Will they be level? This time round, to be honest with you, they actually should have been level because the audience figures that we, we look at are taken from summer. And summer, traditionally, is when most of you disappear off on holiday. Thank God for recession, I always say. <laughs> it means that nobody's going away. So people are staying in and they're listening to LBC. <laughs> very happy indeed. So more than ever, the audience has gone up substantially. So we're very grateful. So it's nice to have your company. Nice to see Susan Spence as well. Good morning. Sporting a poppy. People complaining that the contestants on Strictly Come Dancing weren't wearing poppies. Or were they not? Well, the panel were wearing poppies. I think everybody does wear poppies, don't they? More, more people than ever, they say, this year. I know that on the X Factor they were wearing them, all the contestants. Yeah, so they should have been. Yes. So well, I think if you're been. on the television, you should be wearing them yeah. at this time of year. Well, so, some people don't. There was that pub, wasn't there, where the landlady... Move that so I can see you better. <laughs> there you are. Uh, and the landlady was criticised because she said that the counter wasn't big enough to put a poppy tray on there and sell poppies. So the, the, so the villagers have decided to boycott this pub and say, listen, I'm sorry, you know, there's always room to put poppies on mm. the counter. You put them somewhere, but there's always room. Always oh, yeah, room. absolutely. I don't understand why anybody wouldn't if they've got the opportunity to do that. Yeah. She was just a rather stupid landlady and uh, she's paid the price for it because of the locals are boycotting her. Mm, quite right. So, uh, you know, that's, you, know, you don't, you never, you always sell poppies. Always sell poppies. We, we've got loads of poppies downstairs. You can give money to help a London child, to British Legion, do all sorts of things. I have to admit, I always lose mine. I never I've end up with the so same far. one. I know. I've got just... one with me. And oh, then yeah. yesterday's, I don't like it. Look, it doesn't look as nice. They're made down the road from me. Yeah, they're a bit, that's a bit crumpled, isn't it? Is it is a bit of a crumpled poppy. But that's because you, oh no, I've got a stock on mine as well. Yeah. Well, they have this thing which stops it falling out of your pocket, but to be honest with you, it doesn't. No. It's constantly falling out. I've lost them in cars, trains, everything. I don't mind buying them every time. It doesn't, no. doesn't matter to me. Because if, if it wasn't for, for the poppies and us giving the money... Yeah, they wouldn't you know, keep them going. They wouldn't keep them going, so you have to keep them going. It's people who gave their lives for people like us, so it's a small price to absolutely, pay. Absolutely, yeah, give totally. a quid. Yep. It's nothing. Absolutely nothing. I totally nothing agree with you. Merci bien. Uh, dirty weekend in Brighton. Bryn and Annie have had. <laughs> I mean, I ask you. A dirty weekend. They say, well, not, not, not actually a dirty weekend, a filthy weekend. Oh, filthy. Yeah. The car got filthy. Our shoes got filthy walking on the beach. The weather was unbelievably filthy with a massive storm. Great waves. Winds blowing everywhere. The rain horizontal. I've seen pictures. This way you always get a picture of somebody standing on the end of the pier with a wave about to knock them off. <laughs> and you think, it's not clever, this. I hope it wasn't Annie. Anyway, yesterday they did the London to Brighton run with the vintage cars. 
That doesn't get as much coverage as it should do in the papers. It used to, though. Oh, we used to stand and watch these old vintage vehicles. Hundreds. Sixty miles, they did. Dozens of them. Lovely ancient vehicles. And it was nice to see people in top hats, deer stalkers, sourwesters. (laughs) Wrapped up like sausage skins. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, because it really tipped it down oh, yesterday, it didn't it? terrible yesterday. Do you know I waited forever for a bus yesterday? Where were you going? I was going on a bus. Where to? Uh, I was going to the station. I couldn't be bothered to walk because it was so windy and I thought, nothing worse than you put your umbrella up and then all of a sudden it blows inside out and you think, I'm not doing that. I didn't bring my big umbrella, I brought the little tiny umbrella in case it was sunny and you have to go home holding an umbrella looking like a right turnip. So I, I didn't bother doing it, but uh, it was terrible. So you waited how long for a ten-minute walk? Thirty, f- about thirty-five minutes. Did you? Thirty-five, forty minutes. And when you got it took me an hour. I, 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 the moment I got off at Twickenham Station, I looked at my watch and it was quarter past twelve. So it took an hour for a ten-minute walk. Yeah, for a ten-minute walk to the station. Couldn't be bothered. I like sitting on the bus. Actually, you meet some very interesting people. By the time you got on that bus and got off at Twickenham, you, you, you would have barely made no, it up the stairs. Yeah, I went to Waterloo Station. Yeah. And then I had to get off and then go upstairs and then get another, get a train. Oh, you went to Twickenham good. Station? Yes. Right. yes. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's yeah. ten, by the time you got up the top of this bus, oh. it would be back down again. Stupid, really, isn't it? But there you go. Anyway, in the wonderful world of soaps... Oh, yes. Oh, Did you watch any? Have you? I think I might have watched bits of it. I'm getting a little bit confused with uh, Emmerdale. Now, you have to put me right on Emmerdale, because I'm turning on, and I'm watching Ashley and his wife... Laurel. Laurel, and Ashley's ex-girlfriend... Sally. ...who quite clearly, I've now twigged, has made this whole story yes, up. Yes, she has. She is a lying fantasist. She's cuckoo. She's, she's quite clearly barking mad. And the tr- I don't know how long they're going to drag it out for, because it's now getting on my nerves. Yeah, well, I, I absolutely agree with you. They've dragged it out too long. Um, they'll continue to drag it out. This week, you'll mm. see um, uh, Laurel, they're at the bonfire night, you'll see Laurel, a, a, a sort of a stray ember catching her coat, goes up in flames. Um, Sally watches, nobody else notices, and she just st- stands by and watches, quite obvious, oh. thinking, right, OK, well, I don't care what happens to you. All of a sudden, Marlon, Demi Marlon, spots it, shouts, and, of course, Sally then plays the hero by flying on top of Laurel and beating out the flames. But that's not the end of it, because the following week, i.e. next week, is the week where you probably heard about where Sally locks um, Laurel in the church, and it goes up in flames because she places this heater Gosh. against the curtains, and this oh. poor woman's trapped. Um... But that's not the end of it. I thought that was going to be the end of it, but it's not. I read the storylines just at the weekend, and I was like, you're kidding me, this is still not oh, going to go on. No. Because, of course, Charlotte Bellamy at the time, you won't notice this when you watch it, but she was pregnant. Um, and she, the poor woman's crawling along the floor with this huge bump, because she's already given birth. Oh, right. This huge bump crawling on the floor, all the smoke and trying to... I mean, she does a great job of it. But this is not the end of the Blinken storyline. And I'm just, like, further. thinking, oh, just just finish it. just Because she signed... Sean Reeves signed a... A six-month contract. She's only been on screen, what, two, three months? Yes. And you just think, oh, I can't be doing with it anymore. If I was Ashley's wife, I'd have said, listen, love, very sweet. And Ashley, I mean, he must be the stupidest vicar in the land. What a drip. What a stupid drip. He can't say, oh, of course we'll look after you, and of course this. Then he confronts her ex-husband. I mean, quite clearly, this man is an idiot. He should never be allowed to be a vicar. Well, it's funny because the guy that plays him, John, can't remember his second name, his wife in real life mm. is just shouting at the television saying, I can't believe that, that your character's so stupid. He is so <laughs> stupid. We've, you've got a stupid vet in Emmerdale. Now you've got the stupid vicar. Yeah. 
You know, it's just ludicrous. This would not happen. Well, it might happen in real life. But you put her in somewhere else. You don't leave her there to, you know, to ruin a marriage. Because mm. eventually, presumably, they'll just cart her away and they'll just write off the end very quickly. Yeah, that's what'll happen. All right, take a very quick break. I'm so, cr- so cross about that storyline. It's just making me angry. Most benefit thieves think they'll get away with it. Jan. Thank you very much indeed. So back to Emma Dale. <laughs> and I have to say that this stupid storyline with Ashley and his wife, who's very tolerant as trying to get rid of this woman who quite clearly is barmy mad and over the next few weeks you're going to be seeing all sorts of strange things happening. I mean, I like these storylines because they do get you going. Yeah. But at the same time, I think this isn't the character. We know what Ashley's like. We know he's a bit of a drip. But, I mean, it's just ridiculous. But he's always been one of these ones who's had a bit of a soft spot for the ladies and thinks he's a bit of a... Li- he's had more women than I don't know what for some... Has the- Oh, God, yeah. Oh. He's been around the block as old Ash. Uh, <laughs> tell you what else happens in Emmerdale this week, and I'm surprised you haven't shouted at this storyline, and that is Layla. You know Layla, the girl that works in the farm shop who's been blackmailed by the posh boy, Nathan? Yes, now, th- this is the girl who had a fling with him. Yes. A one-night stand. One night stand. I think stand. she's clean on him. No, 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 no. No, absolutely really? not. And, of course, this week, David, her boyfriend, goes down on one knee in the middle of the wool pack, everybody watching. She just looks at him, says no, and runs out. Um, she but, says no? Yeah, well, because she's, she's guilt. No, 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 she's no, guilt-ridden. She I'm telling you, I saw the look in her <laughs> eyes. I can spot <laughs> lust a mile off. Absolutely, it's repulsion. <laughs> Really? Yeah, she can't bear him. Well, she um, went to bed with him. Yeah, but she was drunk. It's the evil, oh, you know, it's the dear, evil drink. Um, so she says no, poor David, devastated and humiliated. Um, oh, and Nathan, of course, thinks this is extremely funny. And in the end, it's, it's, it's Douglas Potts who, who comes to the rescue and she confesses all to him. And he says, look, you know, you've got nothing to lose now. You may as well just tell... Um, David everything and of course that's what oh, that's David's what she does. Oh going to go around and hit him isn't he? Well he does actually, he does oh, hit him but he doesn't hit him until next week uh, not this some week but it's worth seeing. Some very good looking people in Emmerdale I've Yes there just. are. Some very good, there all are. of a sudden they've obviously started trawling the sort of the good looking people shop mm. and putting good looking people in there. Mm. Some of them are almost unhealthily good looking. Yeah well Nathan. I live with it myself you know. Nathan but, is very good looking. Yes. Um, Matthew Wolfenden who plays David mm, I'm not sure if he is, he's a bit 80s he's a bit old style David Beckham I think. Yeah, but that's okay. I'll tell you what is odd, that, that family that's moved into Andy Sugden's farm. I can't bear them. They're, they're so awful, it's dreadful. You have a family, they're quite clear, you can see they aren't their children, I mean, I know it's only acting, <laughs> but the father looks like he's wa- modelled, you know, modelling sweatshirts or something. He looks like he's wandered out of a catalogue. Yeah, I just, that family for me has old, not worked at all. No, they've never worked. No, I, I think. Clean hands. This week, though, Marlon has a bit of a crush on her, oh, which is stupid disappear. given the fact that, you know, he hated her at the beginning, but You've now he develops in that feeling, kitchen, yeah. always seeing that. Well, I don't. Mm. I mean, he's so mad. He just chops up a few. things, He just things, chops up a he? few things. I've never seen him create anything yeah. at all. He always emerges and also has to deliver his own food. <laughs> you know, there's two people standing doing nothing behind the bar, and Marlon has to come out and plump the food down on the table. Did you see Coronation Street on Friday? Where Tony mm. Gordon suffered his two massive heart attacks. I saw the thing with Roy Crooks. I've gone off Roy Cropper. Have you? Yeah, I think he's another drip. Well, he is a drip. I know, but he's just sort of... And then, obviously, the bloke thought he was going to die, didn't mm-hmm. he? So he has his, his sort of heart attack. And then sort of spills out, you know, because I killed him. And Roy Cropper just looks a bit nonplussed by this. Well, I think he's just completely stunned because then he can kind of <laughs> flat lines and thinks that's it. Mm. But, of course, this week, Haley says to him, well, don't worry about it, it would just be the drugs talking. He probably didn't. I'm just, like, thinking, what? Oh, yeah. But by the end of the week... 
he's obviously comes alive as such and threatens the croppers and their life is yeah. just not worth living. And does Dev work or, or does he just manage this emporium of shops which he He just manages the emporium. Yes. How many shops does he have now? I think about five or something. Five, yeah. We haven't seen any of the other ones, But we're looking forward to Thingy Bob coming back, whose name is completely... Sunita comes back. Oh, does in she? In fact, the end of November, sometime in November, oh, she right. comes back. So up his storylines. Um, Gail is on to wedding number four this week. Joe, good old Gail. Do you know how this woman survives? How she's a martyr yep. to the cause. Wedding, because uh, Joe proposes on this boat. Now, he's done up this battered boat in the record time. I think all the shipbuilders and boat builders in the land yes. will be like, could you come and work for us, please? Yes, please. Because in a matter of weeks, he's turned this decrepit thing that couldn't possibly sit on the water into this wonderful seagoing yeah. um, boat. And he goes on that boat and asks her to marry him. And she says yes, but of course, it's the kiss of death. Balmy, isn't she? She's mad as a She's brush. not going to get to where You thought she'd before. have moved by now. How they've managed to turn out food in a little tiny kitchen of theirs, <laughs> I've got no idea. <laughs> Seems to be seven of them living in that house. It's a bit like the TARDIS, isn't it? It was a bit like over in EastEnders. That's right, in the, the Slaters or the a Slaters. Pat's house. It's like, just pack them in. Or even the Vic. Yeah, they're Imagine all people living there upstairs and there's everybody. There yeah. was a lovely line used on Harry Hill this week, which had um, Ricky and uh, and his his ex there. And she's going, a lot of people think, I'm thick. And he goes, well, I'm as thick as you are. And <laughs> so Harry Hill clipped it and put it on there. Which I thought, because she, she's out at Christmas, isn't she? Danielle Westbrook. Yeah. She's, I mean, Sorry, really, but that's no loss. I'm sorry, it's just not, it's just not worked. It didn't work. No. No, it didn't she work. Also, I think they know it, didn't. People, it just, it just didn't work. She just looked so odd. The acting is not great, I'm afraid. Very sweet, but... She just looks now. I'm, I'm sure that deliberately the cameramen go, can we really make her look more unattractive? OK, just pull back a little bit, you know. I think the other thing is, you know, as somebody like Patsy Palmer, I think the audience really love her and they're always rooting for Bianca and Ricky to get back together. So when she comes along, despite the fact that it is make-believe and it is only acting, it? people are not really going to like her. Plus, in fact, Patsy Palmer, I think, is a great actress. Oh, I like Patsy, yeah. Um, so it kind of I've got to say that because her mum listens to this programme, so I'm not, I'm really? not going not to rock that boat. No, no, <laughs> but I, I, do, I do like her, I have to say. No. Um, this week, though, in EastEnders, Archie torches the Vic, or tries to. They're obsessed with I fire. Know, fire. Have you noticed? Fire, fire everywhere. Moment, I know, but he doesn't... He, he sets it on fire, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> there's a scene where Peggy comes running down the stairs with a baseball bat in her hand. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> but these two... <laughs> Don't do it, Bar. These two will start a secret affair. Huh? Yeah. It doesn't last for long, but they start a secret right. affair and you just think, what are you... doing snogging again? Well, yeah. But you think, what are you doing, woman? You know? After all that man has done to you. I think secret sh secretly she likes the snogging bits. <laughs> I think she does. I think if truth be known, Bar likes those snogging bits. It's, it's a bit of fun, isn't it? So what are our thoughts then? Because I haven't seen you since Barbara said she was leaving. Um, I, I think, A, she wants to spend more more time with, with Scott. I think, actually, I don't know who they're going to find to, not replace her, but who will then be the matriarch of the street. Because I think it was firmly split before. And then, of course, when, uh, what's it die? Wendy. A barber who's been 15 years, for goodness sake, 15 years. There's nobody else who, everybody else is interchangeable. It's never going to be Patsy Palmer, lovely, lovely though she is. It needs somebody who's going to run the Vic, and it doesn't matter. I mean, it's never going to be one of the boys. What about Pat, though? Pat Butcher. No, it's not going to be Pat Butcher. She's been in the Vic. doesn't matter. It's not going to be Pat. She's never going to... She's a bit of a stalwart, though, isn't she? She's a stalwart, and she's good. She's a bit like Ian Beale, but they're never going to be the person who sort of... who people who go, that person is synonymous with EastEnders. It's only now going to be um, in the Mitchell clan. It's only going to be Phil that's left. 
Yeah. Isn't it? Yes. That's it. And frankly, I mean, I would, I would, if he'd left tomorrow, it wouldn't make any oh, difference. Oh, Billy, I suppose, as well. But, I mean, I thought... As Billy's far as still I, there. I thought um, Perry Fennick was, was being axed. I think axed. he was being axed. Yeah, I, th- I he's thought still that... still there. No, he's, yeah, he's still there. He's still there being given useless storylines. Yeah. He I does get... Minty would go. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, he's got to go. It's just the garage is silly and... But it's going to be interesting with them saying that they're cutting the number of um, of actors in in the soap. I mean, there are many actors in EastEnders who could be axed. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry to say, like it, but there whom? are many. Well, first of all, Minty. Yes. Manda, his girlfriend. Yes. Um, Libby. Libby, probably. But it's going to be interesting now that, of course, Darren's the daddy. What's going to happen with that? Because once Denise finds out that he's the father, oh, my God, oh, hell's going to, to let this. To be honest with you, I mean, I just thought that was so <laughs> icky. That whole we said the other week. But everybody this did. This so awful storyline. There is this this woman. <laughs> and there is this young boy, and I'm thinking, whoever sat down and thought of this, it's like a Victoria Wood sketch. Yeah. You know where they all sat down and they were thinking of you know things for Mrs. Overall to do in Acorn Antiques, and somebody went, I think cotton buds. <laughs> went, pick up, pick up your things. You're fired. Okay, and get it. It was like that. Earwax. That's a good story. Let's do earwax. I think I think they probably did sit down and go through all the males in the square and think. Why right, did they have to get her pregnant in the first place? Well, exactly. Why She's did the last they? turkey in the shop. Exactly. Why? Why did she? She's they? the one who sits in the corner. You just, you just wouldn't. It's just wrong on every level. I know. And I mean, Charlie G. Hawkins, I think, is an extremely good little actor, and I've always He'd said have that. have to be for that. But <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is some acting. Yeah, you know, there's an acting job, and then there's an acting job. Yeah. How old is he? Oh, he's only about... 12? He's only, he can only be about... Well, he's only recently turned 18 because I think he's, oh. I think he's a year older than his character, so he must be 19. Because I remember there was a scene where he was 18 in real life, but he couldn't drink in the Vic because he was actually Should the underage. police not be called? Should, should we not have, you know, police see pop, plot turning he's, up? He's of, he's of age. But, um, I mean, look... He's out of all the people in the square. I know, it was yes. just ridiculous. I just think they, th- they did it for the shock factor. I really it's not so much shock, it's just stupid. Repulse factor. It's, it's repulse factor. Well, a young be, boy like that wouldn't. It would be repulsive no matter how yes. you looked at it. Oh, dear um, me, I feel quite But I'll tell you who I think they could also we'll get rid of. It's Lucas. Lucas, OK. Mm. I'll, I'll, I'll take a short break while you all digest what we've been talking about. I'm not sure if it's too much for you all this morning, because uh, that's the kind of thing we do when Susan Spence is here. LBC 97.3. Now's the time... 26 minutes to 7. Well, I was all ready with my box of mince pies this morning to hand them over. Uh, should Matthew Schofield have had a winning horse? This is my stomach going. Have you heard oh, this? It's my stomach. It's unbelievable. I can I don't hear what's... that. You need the mince pies. I don't know what's going on. It. It's almost like an earthquake in Yokohama. Had I won a mince pie, I think I would have donated it to you this morning because <laughs> you are clearly in greater need than I. <laughs> no, believe me, do, do not take my stomach wandering about like that because it, it needs food. It doesn't. Oh. It definitely doesn't need food. Definitely not. I'm, I've got to go on a major diet between now and... T- I've got to lose a stone... Really? ...between now and tomorrow morning. Right. And... Okay. ...barring emergency <laughs> surgery. I don't know how it's going to happen. Because we've got the pictures taken tomorrow. Luck, oh, yes, we have. And I say we? the same to all of them. Listen, and they say, well, you know, what sort of look are you aiming for? I said about 30 years ago it would be quite nice. <laughs> oh, actually, no, mine's on Wednesday, so I've got 48 hours to go on the crash diet. Better much chance of you doing it as me. That's true. Well, I, I can I'm start not, on laxatives now that. and it wouldn't make any difference. <laughs> <laughs> so... Not particularly good, but not a bad week, Alex says, for the newsroom. A £10 profit. Mm. Unfortunately, your newsroom nag the other day, Puff, 
puff the magic dragon. Second. Oh, you so, don't, yeah. Each way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So £59.66, you lost £2. He had uh, Professor Higgins, that was Alex's choice, sixth mm. out of eighth, which was even more pathetic. £17.15. So today we're off to Wolverhampton, the 350 Casbo. Casbo, win only. They also go at Kempton and Plumpton. Uh, I'm going with the 340 at Kempton. Don't tell the wife. Don't tell the wife. <laughs> How on earth you can never call a horse that? I've got no idea. <laughs> there it is in the field and you go, come here, don't tell the wife. It's I in mean, the commentating when you've got to laugh when he's going to start screeching. And don't tell and the he's wife. Coming he's coming down the line. Don't tell the wife. He's head over. <laughs> it's ridiculous, isn't it? Don't tell the wife. I don't know how you pick them. But you, you need some winners coming up into the festive season. Yeah. You know, we really do. I know. So, fingers crossed. But as I say, you've, you've blown your box of mince pies. Oh. It's not going to happen. But there are, there are some, uh, some clementines. Oh, they were quite nice last week. Well, uh, there's another box sitting like juicy. there. Juicy. Ju- they, they were juicy, were they? A little tart, the, I thought, the, but juicy. The, that's what the cleaner said to me. She complained. <laughs> she? she said, she said the, the, the things are tart. I thought, well, you know, I'm not... She said, they're sour. I said, I'm not here to eat, you know, to sort of sort out the things like that. I said, well, make marmalade with them. And she went, ugh, sour. <laughs> <laughs> Threw it in the bin. <laughs> That's gratitude, isn't it? A bit desperate when even the cleaner starts picking on me. (laughs) But, uh, no, I I, I did put a a box next to the photocopier. Oh, good. There you go, sir. In fact, directly opposite you. God, it's like a treasure hunt. It is, really. Well, you have to to keep him busy in the morning. So sometimes I say, I've hidden a mince pie, and he'll spend all day, and he'll say, where was it? I say, in my stomach. (laughs) (laughs) Keep him amused. Matt, we'll talk tomorrow. We will. Take care. Bye-bye. That's Matthew Schofield back with us tomorrow. We'll see how how we do there. Now, going back to the, um, first of all, uh, in EastEnders. Mm. So, uh, Peggy's in at the moment, until next year, I think, and I don't know yeah. how they're going to Well, it's going to be interesting. It's they're going to be, be working on this from now on, because I think after 15 years, they'll make sure she has a decent send-off. They're not going to kill her, are they? I, I wouldn't would f- imagine no, I would so, nor do I think they would send her off in the back of a black cab. Thank um, God for that. I'm no. sick to death of seeing people in black cabs. So I think, I think, <laughs> I think they'll do something good for them, I have to admit. i tell you what happens this week... Because um, I know you're a fan of Ian Beale. He's in trouble at the moment because um, Jane kisses Masood. It's all a bit harmless, mm-hmm. but it's all to do with this adoption thing because he is being so pig-headed. He will not adopt a child, even though this is what she wants. And it was a scene last week where he said to her, I've got the perfect thing, and, they were, and he handed her this brochure, we're going to buy a static caravan. I mean, it was laughable. Oh. Um, <laughs> anyway, she's, she's had enough of it this week right. and um, basically... T- kind of gives them an ultimatum. Good. Uh, while we're at it, over in Coronation Street, the uh, laughable Kim Marsh... Oh, did you see ...sitting in it? the bath, they re- and then getting up in the bubbles, staying on her chest, mm-hmm. which was very, very funny, uh, just just for the acting. Matthew well, can't find the oranges. Oh, dear. I put a case... There's a, a box of them directly opposite where he sits, direct, you know, in front of him. Yeah. I put them. <laughs> I put them there... Before I, I walk down here, or maybe somebody's been away with them. Clementines. There's the there's the, the photo the, the the printer, and then next to the printer where where people where 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 people normally put all the sweeties, Matthew. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know, it's a bit bit much when you've got to sort of start hunting. I mean, how can he miss them? They're Clementines. Maybe somebody's been away with them before he came in. We only came down a short while ago. They can't have eaten them already. Oh, Surely right. not. Could be that cleaner again. She's yeah, taking a moment to do marmalade. Away, doing a marmalade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Kim Kim Marsh and this 
Yeah, well, they well you find them tonight. They they spent the night together, and her son Ryan is absolutely disgusted with them. Um, he's only in for six episodes. This guy, I've got the Good. feeling they'll keep him on. Oh, okay. Tell you who's in Coronation Street tonight. Uh, this week you might like, and for a good while now is Anthony Valentine. Oh right, I remember in Raffles. In Raffles, yes, yeah. absolutely. He plays the little boy Simon, um, his um, his grandfather. What are they putting Nigel Havers in? He's going in. To... Yes, he's going in. He's going to play a bit of a, a gigolo who right. befriends um, Audrey, or she befriends him. Well, lovely. We like we like a bit of happiness for Audrey. And Rula Lenska comes in, but she's not. She's only in. I think she's only in one episode, or maybe right. two. Whereas Havers has been signed for six months. Isn't it funny? Years ago, they never actually put names in, did they? They just put actors in. Now they seem to be putting names in. If, mm. if they're obviously in a desperate attempt. Although it's always been number one programme. I don't know why they worry. Yeah, I mean, it's between it and, and EastEnders, really. Yeah. But I just think that... Exactly. Coronation one week Street one, one week the other. Wins. Yeah. I must mention, incidentally, uh, Susan's website, yes. which is susanspence.com. .co.uk. .co.uk, I do beg your pardon. And all the soap updates are on there. And now a little podcast, And a little too. podcast as well. So susanspence.co.uk. Okay, so you can catch up with all the stuff on there. Just in case you miss them, because I know people follow them. I mean, millions of people follow the soaps. She's also, she's put her foot down. She's not watching The X Factor anymore. She's decided, after last night, she's not watching it. I was Because outraged. it's rubbish. I was outraged yeah. at the hypocrisy of Simon Cowell. Yeah. I could you not have to believe... Think, you have to remember, it, it's like getting annoyed over a soap. It's a show that is contrived for him to make money. That's all it is. It's nothing more. ITV have said, there you go, you can have all this free advertising, you put all your groups on there, you can, you can have a free advert for all these weeks, pretend it's a show and you're looking for talent, you're not, because most of them will disappear in about five years, and, and then you can make a show and you can wind Susan Spence up at the same time. But I've never, it's never been like this before. He's never, it's never been this blatant. I mean, we all know that it's, you know, the way that they do it, but yeah. it's never been this blatant. Number one on Saturday night, Daniel forgot his words. Mm. Now, if it had been any other act, Simon would have crucified them mm. and got on about because they always go, you can't forget your words on a live show, blah, yes. blah, blah. He never mentioned it. All he did was pat the guy in the back. He was rubbish. Yes. Then, of course, last night, how on earth can you say it's a singing competition and keep Lloyd in? Yeah. The boy can't sing for no. Toffee. He never... He has no talent at all. And it was such an insult to Rachel to say to Lloyd, mm. you can't speak, let alone sing, so I'm going to leave it to the public. And you're like, wait a minute, the boy can't sing whether he's got the... Yes. He, whether he swallowed a whole crate of tunes. It's he still fiddle. can't. The whole thing. It's, it, it's directed as to who can they market and get an album out of, and hopefully... I mean, this year, I don't think any of them have got any longevity at all. I think... I mean, if, if, if Stacey Solomon brings out an album, it'll be the biggest waste of vinyl you've ever seen. Um, I definitely think that this year is the worst year they've ever had. Oh, it is, totally. There's and yet most of them have, been, uh, have done it before. Mm. They've all entered before, and they've all tried to do it. So it shows how pitifully awful the whole competition is. I think they've now scraped the barrel as far as they can go. You've got two idiots who are a little bit like, like the cheeky girls, no talent whatsoever, and they've all but disappeared, I'm afraid. They've resorted now to doing sort of just one appearance about a year, I think, in a, in a holiday camp somewhere where people jeer and point at them but it, because they're so stupid but it's like you know he simon cow has gone on every night every weekend said mm. really vilified john and edward yeah because he says it's a singing competition this is a singing competition i don't get it this is a singing competition yeah. he said it a million times okay if it's a singing competition then you don't keep lloyd in because yeah. the boy uh, he's cute he can't sing. he's cute he's you know the girls love him blah 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 but t imagine listening to that as danny minogue said you could imagine walk this, to i could radio. walk round capital next door pick out people who are much better looking than lloyd and go can you sing no you're right, you're on the show so it's, it's as easy as that 
Yeah. Proper just... singers don't go on it. It's stupid people who, because some wizened old aunt somewhere in Bangor, North Wales, has gone, oh, you, you, you'll be do- good on that. They uh, stupidly believe that they can sing. He couldn't sing in a caravan park. I just think, and Useless. also, you know, Simon had the power to keep her in, yeah. um, and he chose to go to deadlock. Now, the reason for deadlock is if you only really use it if... You know, both people are genuinely as good as each other. You don't mm. use it just because you think, oh, well, she's been in the bottom um, two for the for three out of four weeks. OK, clearly the public didn't like her for whatever reason. Yeah. But the girl deserved to be kept in because of her talent. I mean, I think it was a complete Absolutely. insult It's to supposed her. to be a talent show. We've yeah. said a million times. But I've then said to you before, they're keeping them in for who gets the publicity. And at the moment, it's, uh, it's Jedward. They're getting the publicity. They're going to end up with a silly album. It doesn't matter if they can't sing. They'll auto-tune them. You'll believe that they can sing like you believe Chico, <laughs> like you believe the Cheeky Girls. None of these people can sing. They cannot sing. And that's why I laugh at the people who buy the album. Ha, 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 I go. Ha, ha, ha. We have to take a short break. I think I need cooling down now. This is LBC 97.3. No chance of him winning at all. Don't be so ridiculous. Oh, sorry, there you are. Uh, coming up with Nick Ferrari this morning, uh, he's going to be talking about the controversy surrounding the sacking of the drugs advisor, Professor David Nutt. Nick will be asking if the health secretary has made the right decision. Plus, after another horse was killed at Weatherby Racecourse over the weekend, do you think it's fair to make horses compete in dangerous conditions? None of the dancers on Strictly were wearing poppies. Nick wants to know if that's acceptable. I think it is, actually, because it's, it's a bit... I mean, all the, all the panel were wearing poppies. I don't think you need to get dancers wearing them as, as well. But uh, they'll talk about that with Philip Jenkinson, who was a warrant officer in the Royal Air Force, now president of his local Royal British Legion. I mean, to be honest with you, more people than ever are wearing poppies, and that's, that's the good news. Susan Spence is never watching X Factor ever again. It's making her ill, I'm afraid. She's done nothing but moan about the whole thing. She thinks Ollie could win. I've said not with that stupid haircut that he's got, <laughs> and the fact that he's, he's just another very average karaoke singer. Put it this way, you have to look in terms of, is he going to be a, a Leona Lewis? Is he going to be an Alexandra Burke? The answer, no, he's not. The man but, is is just too dim for that. But none of them are. No, none of, exactly. Stacey Solomon, an album. I don't think you'll waste your time no. on an album. I think they'll all tour. There'll be the, the one album, I think, with all of them on it. Um, who else? That camp little boy who sings show tunes. The one with all the teeth, Joe. Oh, yeah. He actually, actually you know, you were right. He could win it. He, he actually could. Put it this way. He actually looks like, but he only looks about 12. Not much point there. Lloyd, not a cat in Hades chance of doing anything at all, I'm afraid. And the twins, I think they'll end up doing caravan parks in Ireland because they live in... The family live in Ireland. They don't live here. How are they going to tour England? They're 17, 18. They can barely look after themselves. So you'd have to put them in a house. There's no money to be made for them at all. And I think Simon will have to think, how much money could we make out of them? Could we bring an album out? Well, if we auto-tune them on every track, probably. I just think, you know, Steve Brookstein or Brookstein, was yeah. he the first winner in X Factor? Or was he a pop idol? He was, he was, he X, was Factor, X Factor, yes. I think this year is an, well, I was going to say is another one like that because he kind of paled into insignificance. Well, because he didn't want to record and yeah. he told us on In Conversation that he wouldn't record uh, covers, which yeah. is what Simon said he wanted him to do. And he said, I'm not, I want to do my own songs. So they dropped him like a ton of hot bricks. However, I think I remember there were other singers there who I thought, wow, they would do pretty well. This year, forget the fact that Rachel went out, who I happened to think was the best singer. I thought she was going to win. Yeah, forget the fact that she's gone out. I just think overall, there just wasn't somebody who really stood out. No, there's nothing. If you look at it now, if they're actually getting to this late stage and they forget their lines, if you've got Simon sitting there week in, week out going, these people cannot sing, cannot dance, 
Uh, you he know, doesn't even know the, the names of the people. He called that boy Lloyd last night, Ollie. Ollie's one of his own ex. Yeah. It took, it took um, what's his name, Louis, to say to him, uh, the boy's called Lloyd. And he's like, oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. dear, oh, I'm not with it tonight. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, you should actually know. That and is then, they, then we had sort of clips of, of Danny... Uh, attempting to mentor somebody. She can't even get her own career off the ground, let alone mentoring other people. I mean, a little bit I feeble. love Danny. Oh, of course you do. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> anyway, uh, Richard came through Halloween relatively unscathed. In Sittingbourne, they thought they got away with it, but he said at 9.15 the bell rang and there was a kid standing there wearing a hoodie, an ice hockey mask and carrying an inflatable hammer. He said, <laughs> Happy Halloween, so obviously he hadn't got the script right. <laughs> He said, we had a standby packet of wine gums who went to, be, went to be quite happy. No sign of any adults. He said, and this kid couldn't have been any more than ten. See, I often wonder, parents who let their kids go out there, very dangerous. Louise says, I'm glad that you got yourself a copy of Melody, Swalk, which is very good. Swalk? Swalk, Seal with a Loving Kiss. I know. I haven't heard that for a while. And Yasmin, I know. Well, of course you haven't. I haven't said it to you before. I haven't seen it for a while. <laughs> and, uh, and Yasmin has been listening to me for 30 years. Not possible. I'm only 27. I don't know how this happens. Uh, and John says, I listened to your interview with Suggs this morning, which revealed so much of his character. On the other hand, I've just watched a recording of the Jonathan Ross show with an unbelievable load of boring twaddle, which revealed absolutely nothing about the people on there at all. I'm afraid you have to suffer with Robbie Williams, I think, coming up very shortly. How dreary is that going to be? <gasps> boring, boring, boring. Anyway, so we're... Oh, Susan Spence's website, susanspence.co.uk. <laughs> Must mention He's that. He's on a commission now. It's also on the steveallenshow.com. Good heavens above, the oh, steveallenshow.com. Yes, yes. And also, it's all over the place. It's all over the place. So if you want to catch up, and many of you do, uh, Simon says, I know you said earlier they sang live, but the lip sync was bad. No, 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 there was no lip syncing. They sang live. The Bee Gees don't lip sync. They only sing live because they can. It's as simple as that. Were they on Strictly? Yes. Oh, yeah, There's I'm only saying. two of them now, because they lost Morris and, of course... Um, Andy died some years ago. But, uh, no, they only sing live. That's all they can do. That's why they had a live band there. If ever you see a live band and they're playing like they were playing, you could tell by the sound, you can't lip-sync it because you can never get all the things yeah. to work in together. So, were they good? Yeah. What did they sing? Uh, I think they sang something from Saturday Night Fever. Oh, yeah. Good. But that's, that's what they do. I mean, they, they can sing. So you would, people want to check out all their uh, back catalogue because I think they're absolutely brilliant. Absolutely I think it's the Mail on Sunday that next week are giving away... Uh, a BG's CD. Is it? Mm -hmm. Oh, good. Hope Cucumber Castle's on there. Uh, Deborah says, you should have taken your umbrella with lights. That always cheers me up in the morning. And, uh, and Jane, it was, who asked about the storyline with Kim Marsh and the roofer. Yuck, she says. Well, it's quite funny because... It's a um, bit naff, isn't it, I think, with Kim Marsh. I don't know how they celebrate. Also, the tattoo on her arm mm. is of her kids' names in real life. She's got her kids tattooed on her arm, hasn't she? How do they explain that away? They don't just... They, they just though it was on show on Friday night. Yeah. Um, they don't, they don't mention it. But um, the builder tonight um, takes some slates off uh, Dev's roof because Dev refuses to pay the bill because it's too expensive. Yeah. Which is quite amusing. But whether he stays or not, who knows? Oh. Uh, Val says, I reckon Phil will marry Shirley and run the Vic. That is a possibility that these two will get together. But she's too... At the moment, she's... Too wanting to, been to play too long now, to play happy I? families with um, Heather because did you? Oh, you didn't see it. But it was on Friday night. She turned around and said to Heather, "He Darren's not playing the dad. I'm the dad." You're like, hold on a minute. What are you Which talking about, Shirley? Who's she? Shirley's um, thing me Bob uh, Linda Henry. Who oh, was, I love yeah, her. Yeah, you like her. Love Linda Henry. So they could run the V. I don't think they would get married, but she could run the V. Every film I've seen her in, I thought she's got guts, 
she's got... Oh, it's my stomach. What it's like a lion roaring. Do you know, honestly, it's like something going on down here that I'm not familiar with. Very <laughs> odd. Must be diabetes. <laughs> but I think she's... Now, she would be good. She's East End. She's tough. She could... Oh, she'd be brilliant. Go on, give it to Linda Henry. But I'm not sure if she would leave Heather. Not right now, anyway. But they could build up towards I it. I think that would be good, actually. Point is, talented or not, says Julie, the public didn't vote for Rachel. Uh, so who'd have bought the album? Harsh with that showbiz. Let's hope the public does the right thing and gives the toxic twins a miss very soon. Mm-hmm. Somebody said Lucy to win. Well, I thought Lucy was quite good in the beginning. I went off her a bit because I thought she was getting a bit cocky. Yeah. Yes. She did, she did do well on Saturday night. Yeah. But... Well, I don't think Lucy will win. I have a horrible feeling it'll be between the toxic twins and somebody else. Who? I've got no idea. Maybe Joe. Maybe Joe. And I think the trouble is you can't sell anything with him on it. He's too young. But he is the most showbiz. He's almost sort of creepily showbiz. He sings show tunes very well. I always think he's going to swallow his teeth. He does look like he's breaking them in for yeah. a, you know, a mule or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, but also, when, when he dances, that, I mean... Well, well like, like, like the twins who are just the embarrassing twerps who turn up on Christmas Day and start dancing around the city because somebody once said that they might have some sort of talent, you just sort of sit there and cringe and go, God help us, if this is the state we've got to in this country, thank it goodness was, for it, radio. It was like on Saturday <laughs> night that they said, right, OK, this is the week that we will introduce the runway and you'll all go up the runway and sing behind the judges and mm. show that you can actually walk on a platform. She was mad. Yeah, I know. What, what, what are we going to do with, with Stacey? I know she has her fan. She does have her fans, and I do like her, but I don't think she'll win it. Yeah. I do like her, though. But, I, you know, now, I'm sorry, I just can't watch it anymore. I, I really, next Monday when we come in, I just can't. <laughs> well, there you go. We're not going <laughs> to argue with that one, are we? So, no mention, but you can check out susanspence.co.uk, where uh, she won't be talking about X Factor. That's a fact. <laughs> that I'm is gonna, for sure. It is for sure. Thank you very much. You're welcome. See you soon. Yes. I'm going to calm my stomach down now. Mm. Perhaps I need some, I don't know, I was going to marmite on toast. I, I think you it. need something. Something, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, don't, I can't be hungry. It's not possible to be hungry. It's ridiculous. It's only coming up to seven o'clock in the morning. But I'm back with you tomorrow morning. If you go to lbc.co.uk, then you can check out the podcast and you can check out the blog and you can check out the photos of all the places in London the presenters want to go to. Have a look at pictures of Nick Ferrari dressed as a postman. Seems to kind of take to it. That's my stomach again. This is just ludicrous. It's, my stomach is obviously heading for its own programme, I suspect. If, if you podcast and you hear funny noises, it'll be the stomach, OK? Back with you tomorrow morning. Have a nice Monday. I'm going to talk to Jamie Cullum later for a future In Conversation. After the news, which is next at 7, Nick Ferrari and the team right here on LBC 97.3. I have had toenail fungus for years. You know 